Grab your Bibles. Uh, if you need one, hold your hand up. Ushers will be glad they're walking around with boxes. And uh, grab a seat and turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Galatians, Ephesians. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. You see a, a great instruction today, timely for today's service. Paul was standing before the, the church at Ephesus, and he had a word to speak to them. And the word was that as children, this is your responsibility. And then he gave this charge and this call to men, to fathers that was located in this church. And he gives them a charge, gives them a call. And in the spirit of Paul and the spirit of our God, I want to give that same call today to the ones that are gathered here. I want you to know that the same words that were given 2,000 years ago are applicable even to this day at DadFest 211. And so it's a chance for us to look at this and say, how am I doing as a child of a parent, as a child of God? And then a call and a charge to fathers that are here. It's a chance for us also to take this challenge to heart, no matter where you find yourself at in, in life today. Maybe you think you failed miserably as a father. If you're still breathing, you have a chance to finish strong. You have a chance to move from this day forward and quit looking back and saying, I failed and say from this day forward, things will be different. You have a chance to pull out of this journey that you're on, get on a new path and a new road and watch Christ use you in ways that you can't even imagine. The family needs help. I lose sleep and many of you lose sleep over that fact. And as a pastor, I long to see marriages flourish. I long to see children obey and honor their parents. I long to see dads step up and lead the way they're supposed to. I'm convinced that in our world today, more than ever, we need men to lead. We need men to stand up and say, I'm not ashamed of following Jesus Christ. I'm not a sissy. I believe that following Christ should be someone who is willing to jump in the game at all risk and give everything they have. I'm convinced that our world needs men to stand up. Would you agree with that today? In this environment today, all around this pond are, are future leaders, present leaders. Some of you might even been sidelined and think you don't have a chance to, to lead from here on. I have good news for you. With Jesus Christ on your side, you're never sidelined for long. You have a chance to step forward and finish this race. All across here, we have the future, potential future presence of the United States. We have future CEOs of companies. We have future evangelists, Billy Grahams. We have future athletes, baseball players and basketball players and volleyball players and, and, and cross-country runners and, and people who are willing to stand up for Christ, whatever talent that God has given them. I still believe that the full redemptive power of followers of Jesus has yet to be seen for me and for you. Because if it is, the reality is this, as we get closer to God, we become more like him. And then we get to the redemptive potential he's created us to be, to be more like him. I want you to look at Ephesians. Stand with me. And we're going to read verses, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Ephesians chapter 6. You guys can remain seated. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Would you read this with me? Ready? Read. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction 
of the Lord. You may have a seat. Paul doesn't beat around the bush. He makes it simple. He says, children, obey your parents and honor your mother and your father. I'm a dad. I'm a 49-year-old dad. And by God's grace, God has given me three precious kids that I love dearly. I have two sons and a daughter. And I, I feel blessed to be a dad. And also as a, a pastor, I, I also know that as I watch and meet and counsel with people, and even friends I have, that we have a chance as fathers to, to make a difference in this world. I'm also a son. I have a father who's been my father, my stepfather, for 44 years. He jumped into my life when I was five years old. And he became my dad, and, and he poured into me, and he showed me what it means to love a woman and, and what it means to love God. And, and I'm grateful for my stepfather. He is my father. And even I have a, a blood father, same name. I'm a junior, Jim Brown Jr., and my dad didn't know Christ, and he walked away from us at an early age because alcohol got the best of him. He was a good man, loved him dearly, and just alcohol turned him into some, the worst version of himself. And, and so as siblings, we began to pray for my daddy, and he came to Christ at 18 years old. And so I stand here today, and I know the redemptive potential and the power of Christ on a changed life. I see it in my dad. And I know that even as I stand here, I am blessed because I have two fathers that love Jesus and love me. And my kids get to see what happens to a life and their grandfather, my dad, when Jesus invades a life and changes. And so the only picture that my kids have ever seen of my father is one in which he loves Jesus. And I love what grace and salvation can do to lives. And it's a picture of that. And so all across this pond are stories waiting to be written. And maybe it's yours. And maybe your story needs to change. Or maybe it needs to climb to a new level. Let me speak as a parent first today. Even today, as I sit here today or stand here today and worship and find myself on a pond. By the way, this isn't a novel idea. Jesus himself preached from a boat. This isn't a novel idea. But the same message that was true when Christ walked on earth is true today. That if you don't have a father... And you're here today, and, and your story's a little different, and, and maybe your father neglected and left you. The Bible tells us that there's a heavenly father that promises to be a father to the fatherless. And so we're going to address that subject today, too. But truth be known, if parents could speak right now, this is what they would say to you, those of you who are children that are gathered on this shoreline today. They would let you know that they lose sleep over your life. They find themselves in moments where they wonder if, if you're going to make it. They long that you make good decisions and follow hard after God. They desire that, that you do what Christ would want you to do. And some of them, even to this day, have, have children that have walked away, and they, they hurt for you. They long that you make good decisions. Let me say this, too. Your parents desire you to follow hard after God. And one of the greatest gifts that you could ever give your parents is this, is for you to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. For me personally, I know one day I will leave earth. And praise God, I know where I'm going. But I also know this, the greatest gift that my kids ever gave me personally was when they received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because I know whatever happens to me on this side of heaven, on this side of eternity, that if I pass before they did, I will see them again, guaranteed, because the Word of God says that. The greatest gift, children, that you could give your parents today, the greatest gift that you could give them 
is to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Parents, am I right about that? Am I right? That's the greatest gift that you could give your father on Father's Day. Plus, every father just wants to know that he's done the job and he shared the good news of Christ with you. Let me also say this. Maybe your parents erred in raising you, and you know it. But you must realize that they are human, and that they're still your mom and your dad. And so they did the very best that they knew at the moment. And maybe it wasn't a good job, but it doesn't neglect the fact that you're a child of them. They are human. And one day, if you're not a parent and you're a child, you'll understand that better. Plus, I promise you that when you become a parent, you'll want to extend the same kind of grace to them that you want your own kids to give to you. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, children, obey your parents and honor them. The question is, why? Why? Why should we honor our parents? Why should we obey our parents just because they told us to? No, there's incredible blessings linked to this. First, Paul says, because it's right. And he says that it will go well so that it goes well with you. And so that you may enjoy long life on earth. God promises longevity of life. God promises that your life will go well if you obey and honor your parents. Here's what that means. That means the potential for you is to shortcut your life and to become less than what Christ wanted you to be and to fall short of what he wanted you to accomplish in this life if you don't obey your parents. But when you do, he promises longevity of life. He promises favor and blessing on your life. Let me speak also today to adults that are here. Your parents still can be living, and maybe they pass. You can still honor your parents' name even if they pass. You can carry their name on, and you can march through this world bearing their name and holding it high and continuing to pass on what they passed on to you. That's honor. I encourage you to think through this promise and this blessing that's attached to obeying and honoring your parents. In 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30, it says this. The word of God says, those that honor God, he will honor. Those that despise God, he will disdain. He will despise. He will think unworthy of. He will put them to the side. There is a connection to obedience and honor. It's a weighty word that's probably missing in our world today. It's real easy for a teen and a a junior high kid and a, a... A child in the elementary school to think their parents are stupid. It's real easy to to travel with everyone else and and, and to say disparaging things about your parents. But let let me encourage you today, if you're children, carry the name and your name with dignity. Speak proudly about your parents. And the word of God says there's blessing attached to that. Long life, favor down the road. Some of you are experiencing the lack of favor on your life. Because you haven't obeyed and because you're not honoring God. But today could change that. And from this day forward, your life could end differently if you honor and obey. It doesn't quit once you leave home. It continues. Honor carries a weightiness to it. It gives credence to your parents' words. It does not call them stupid or old or traditional. You just respect them. I love my stepfather. He's 80 years old. I love that he jumped into my life. And I was 
part of a single parent family. I'm indebted to his love for me. I am a different person today because my stepdad walked in and said, Jimmy Brown, I will love you even if our last name isn't the same. I honor my stepfather. I honor my dad who now knows Christ and walks with Jesus. And there's nothing more beautiful to me than a picture of grace when I see my stepfather and I see my mother and I see my dad in the same room all praising Jesus. You see, grace has power to redeem things. And I stand here today as a proud son and stepson of some amazing parents. I honor them. I'm grateful for them. I take that seriously. I do. I just don't say that because I'm the pastor here today. I don't speak disparagingly about my parents. Sure, they made mistakes, and so do I. But when you hear me talk about my parents, I'm going to tell you what they did well. I'm going to tell you that I am grateful to, to be a child of them. I believe that we should honor our parents and respect them. I take it seriously. When I see them, I hug them and I tell them. I don't join in conversations with, with relatives or, or siblings if they jump into to tearing down my parents. I don't do it. I believe the word of God that says, honor and obey your mother and father. And even to this day, I would love for my parents to be here today. I would honor them publicly because I would not be the man I am today had not my parents invested in my life. It's the same for you today, too. It will lengthen your life if you obey your parents. There's a promise connected to this obedience. God protects God blesses and extends our lives, not only for you, but for your family and their family and their family. God always honors obedience. Secondly, Paul says this in regards to fathers. He says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. What does he mean by that? He means when you look around and you look at your kids and you watch them age and, and they're making decisions, you take and make decisions and you, you use the filter of the word of God and you help them make good decisions. And in the meantime, you don't beat them up. You don't anger them with words. You don't ridicule them in front of their friends. You lift them up when they're with friends. You support. It's a picture of building up. It's making stronger and not tearing down. It's not exasperating, taking away and knocking them down at the knees. It's when you're in public, you speak highly of your children. Take a look around here today. In our world, we have begun to believe that this is as good as it can get. Fractured family, dysfunctionality. We believe that it will only get worse. But I'm here to tell you today, I believe with Jesus Christ, all things are possible. And a new movement of families and dads leading could begin right here on this property. I believe that. Do you believe that? It can begin today. I choose not to listen to the the guys that throw the stats out and say in 10 years, this is what it's going to be like. Because when I look at my God, he tells me with Christ, all things are possible. Yet child after child is left behind in our world today. Because dads won't step up, fathers won't commit. They chase their own dreams and their own passions. It's time, men and fathers, that we jump into the stream of life and whisk our kids away 
And when they look ahead down the road, there we are. We're out front and leading, and they could follow in our footsteps, and they would make a difference in this world by following us. Someone has to stand up. Someone has to paddle hard upstream. Someone has to turn the tide and save the family. I believe, men, that you can do it. I'm not blowing smoke today. It's possible. You get a group of men together on fire for Jesus, the gates of hell won't stop them. I believe that today. I'm convinced of that. There's a story in the Old Testament that really grabs the heart of a man. I want you to turn to 1 Samuel with me in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 17. There's this story that, that just jumps off the pages, and you've heard it as a kid if you've been church. And maybe this is the first time you've heard it. But there was a man by the name of Goliath that was a giant. No one could beat him. He was big, nine feet tall. And each day he would come out and he would mock our God. And so the Israelites who were Christ followers, not any different than us, just we happen to be part of Grace Community Church, they watched this man come out every day and mock the name of God. And so men would sit on the shore and they say, I'm not fighting him. Let someone else go. And so men not any different than you gathered here today heard this man come out, defy the living God, and they sat in their chairs and they were passive. So Goliath stood there. And look at chapter 17 and verse 4. It says, a champion named Goliath who was from Gath came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. He was big. He had heavy armor. He looked like he couldn't be defeated, the Jim Brown paraphrase. Verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, the Christ fathers, not any different than you men. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? And then he says this, choose a what? What's the word? Man. Choose a man and have him come down to me. He called men out, and these men were gathered on the shore, and he said, if you're man enough, come out and fight me. Guys began to repel, and they backed away. They were afraid. Oh, send someone else. And he called them out to the turf. He says, is there a man on these grounds today? And if you are a man, and you're willing to fight, and you believe in your God, then stand up and fight. And you know what the men did? They fled. They were afraid. And the same God that we serve today was just as alive then as he is today. And every man just acquiesced and was the passive father, and he backed away. And then it says this, if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. Look what he says. Give me a what? What's it say? Man. And let us fight each other. The same call today I give today to this group. Give me a man that wants to lead the family. Give me a man that's not ashamed. I'm a Christ follower. Give me a man that says he will watch over his children. And he'll look at his daughters and his sons. And he'll make wise choices even if they don't like him. That's a man. And Paul is saying, stand up, men, stand up. So as I look around this pond, where are the men? Where would you have been if Goliath stood out and said, your God sucks? 
That's what he did day after day, hour after hour. And they said, he's big, he's too big. And so not only did Goliath call out their God, he called out the men. He says, is there a man in this group that will stand and fight for his family and fight for his God? Where's the men? And that voice is screaming through the hallways of school today, screaming through the workplaces and the assembly lines and the white-collar markets, screaming on the basketball courts, screaming on motorcycles as guys go riding by. Where are the men? Where are the men? Where are they at? David heard that call. And he says, I'll stand. Now, I want you to think about this. He was a punk teenager, but he believed in the living God. No different than I was when I was 13, and I believed that God was big. I love the faith of teenagers like this. And so this teenager who could barely carry the armor of Saul, he tried it on, it was too big. He says, I'm the man. I wonder in families in our world today, how many teenage boys have to be the man because Paul won't be the man? When I read this story, I don't want to be the father that sends my son out when I should be the one going out. So I ask you again today, dads, will you be the man? You see, David had a holy discontent. He grabbed his slingshots for crying out loud and said, not on my watch, not on my watch. And he looked across, and all these other men, they, they snickered, and they laughed, and they saw him say, man, what's that little boy? Even his own brother said, what are you doing out there? And he said, in the name of the living God, I'm going to whip his butt. David had faith, faith that we need from fathers today. So he grabbed his slingshot, and he took the stand as a man. And on that day, he got the man card. And on that day... A lot of other men lost their man card. Dad, you're called to love and protect. Be the guide, be the scout for your family. So I ask you today, are you the man? Are you the kind of man that says, I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to stand up for God, to lead my family. Will you be the father that loves his children? Listen to some of these stats regarding fathers. When a father is an active believer, there's about a 75% likelihood that children will also become active believers. Now listen to this. When a dad says, I'm not ashamed to follow Jesus, I'll be man enough to admit that I need him. And then when I'm weak, he makes me strong and I'm more powerful with him. And so when a father stands up and is an active believer, he's leading 75% of the time, your children will follow and find Christ. But if only the mother is a believer in a family, this likelihood is dramatically reduced to 15%. 15%. So that means, dads, if you're not willing to lead, if you're not willing to step up and follow Christ, there's a likelihood that your kid will go to hell, 85% of them. So when I stand here today, do you want to rescue your kids from hell? Or are you going to sit back like the rest of these little boys who stood on the beach and said, send out the teenager? Will you be man enough to say, I'm going to lead my family and love my family and be a tender father and lover of Jesus? You see, Satan has us all bound up and tied up with other stuff. 
Our hearts have calluses on them. We've become insensitive to the calling of a father. Some of you just given up because you say, well, I, I, I failed when I was young and my kids were young and I could never make that up. And so you let the enemy just beat you up and you look at your life and say, well, I failed. My, look at my kids. Look what they, how they turned out. And so you believe that somehow that their lives can't change, that somehow they can't finish differently and get on a new path. And you believe that you can't offer them advice and input. And you believe somehow that, that your life can't change and they can't look at it and say, look at my grand, look at my dad, who's now the grandpa of my kids. Look how different he is. He's a complete changed man. Praise God for that. Listen to me, dads. There's never too late to change in Christ. Never. So Paul says, don't exasperate your children. Your primary role is to encourage them in the ways of the Lord, to intercede in prayer, to love their mom, to build them up and be their greatest cheerleader. Look for ways to connect God to their lives. Nehemiah had a similar call, and he just said it this way in Nehemiah 2.14. He didn't beat around the bush. He said this, as he looked out across the men once again, out across the horizon, they were trying to build these walls, and he looked out across all the men, not any different I'm doing. He said, fight for your sons and your daughters, man. Not any different. The theme hasn't changed. The word of God is laced with men needing to step up and lead their families. So are you fighting for your sons and daughters? Have you lost your passion for God? You won't have the passion like David did unless your heart is right with God. And you won't be able to lead unless you surrender and say, I need help. And you'll never find victory if you continue to believe the lies that Satan throws your way. Said because you failed as a dad when you were younger, you're a failure. Instead of saying, with Christ, all things are possible. Let's turn this around. As a dad, your presence is so very important. Without a dad, a child's life can be total chaos. It's meaningful when a father shows up, especially when they least expect it. And, you know, today might be one of those days for you. You might be that dad who, who's kind of just acquiescing and quiet, and you provide it, but you dare not hug your daughter, and you dare not touch them or told them, I love you. You've just been there. You've been a provider. Your children need more than that, dads. They need to hear your words. They need your embraces. They need your touch. They need your presence. In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus himself, who was the perfect human individual that ever walked on earth, the only individual that ever walked on earth, even he himself needed to hear the words from his father. And listen to this. In Matthew, it says this. Jesus himself was being baptized. And as he was being baptized, as soon as it says this in Matthew 3, verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And that moment, heaven was open. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven. Imagine, not any different than this. They were in a Jordan River, and Jesus is getting baptized. And then the, 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 the voice from heaven came, and the heavens opened up. And as Jesus came out of the water, God above said, that's my son. And I'm well pleased in you. Even Jesus himself needed to hear those words. It could begin today for you, dads. Maybe you need to go back and say, I'm sorry. I wasn't the best dad. Please forgive me. You take the high road. 
even if they've done things against you. You restore. You work towards reconciliation. You're the adult. You're the dad. You bear the name of Christ. Go there and say, I'm sorry. Say, can we restore this? Can we rebuild this? Can we reconcile? I want to finish strong. Then in Matthew chapter 17, in verse 5, Jesus didn't hear hardly at all from his father. In fact, he heard two times from him, his whole ministry. And then in Matthew chapter 17, the transfiguration, Jesus is standing there. In verse 5, it says, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Not only did he say he loves him, he built him up and said he's got good stuff to say. Listen to him. Dads, we have to pour that into our children. Even in times of extreme difficulties. Even in times when you're not sure that you can. We got to pour into our kids. You see, we have this God who's given us a chance, and he's given us grace. He wants you to extend that grace to your children, and he wants you to be a man that is willing to lead his family. Do you realize that your daughters, men, today? Now, by the way, this doesn't even stop in childhood. Do you realize if you have daughters, and, and I have a beautiful daughter that right now, she's in Nicaragua on a missions trip loving on orphan kids, and I wish she was here for Father's Day, but I'm so proud of her. But do you realize, dads, that the way you love and show affection to, to your daughters will, will not only concrete in their minds and their lives for the rest of their lives how love should be given to them, but it would also turn them away. If you haven't been a dad that said, I love you, if you haven't embraced them, if you haven't given them a kiss, if you haven't given them hugs, if you haven't shown them affection, they will run to the next guy that comes their way, and they will sell their bodies to them to find that love. God has given us that special gift to love on our daughters. They long for affection. We're the ones that show them how a man should love. And so what happens, many of these girls who didn't have a dad who was willing to love them end up in promiscuous lifestyles because dad wasn't willing to say, I love you and touch her and give his daughter a kiss. Men, don't be that man. Don't sit on the beach. Stand up and say, I'll be the dad that will love my daughters and show her that I love her. Plain and simple. If we're missing in action, dads, the family fails. But it's never too late. That's the good news about Jesus Christ. You know, if I didn't believe that, then let's just fold up and let's, you, you all suck. Go home. <laughs> That's not the case. Truth is this, is we have a Savior that loves us so much that's willing to hold the rain on a day like this. So you could hear this news. He wants men out here somewhere to hear this. And maybe you're on the fringes and maybe you're the guy that's thinking I'm a failure. Or maybe you're the guy that says, I need to lead my family. You see, Satan has a way of locking us into these beliefs about ourselves that we're screwed up. Listen to me, men. With Jesus Christ, there aren't screw-ups. There are changed lives. Start by going to your kids and saying, I'm sorry. Do whatever you, you need to to mend the damage if there's damage. In fact, go the extra mile. Ask God to bring you to a place where you can make a positive impact on your child and your grandchildren. 
you might not be able to recover lost time, but listen, if you're breathing, there's time that you can continue to make a difference. This week, I'll bury a dad that died on Friday. He's a good man. He's a good friend. He came to Christ. He struggled with kidney failure for the last 15, 20 years of his life. In fact, he called it his part-time job. He would go for 20 hours of dialysis every week, and he tried to work a full-time job. This week, he died, but he fought to the end. I'll bury him, but here's what I know to be true. I know that he loved his family, he loved his boys, and he loved his wife. I heard him say this on many occasions. The greatest gift that my boys and my wife can give me is they know Jesus and that we can see each other again. Dad's the greatest gift that you can give your family today is to know Christ. Because if you know Christ, there's a 75% likelihood that your kids will. So I wrap up this moment today by saying this. Maybe there are some undone things in relationships with your children. Do the right thing and let him undo it and rebuild it. Become a dad with a holy discontent for the way things are. Be a dad who says, I'll be the man. I'll be the man. Not mom. We're grateful that she loves Jesus and praise God for that. But I will protect. I will guide. I will stand up. I'm not ashamed. I will fight for the cause of Christ. And when my family looks ahead, they'll see me leading the way. But it begins with a commitment to Christ. Because you could do anything that you wanted for your kids. You might be a wealthy individual. You might have worked your whole life and built up this savings. If you pass on savings to your kid and you don't give them Jesus, then what good is that? They need Jesus and you need Jesus. So I'm going to ask in this moment right now, I'm going to see where you stand spiritually because you can't can't rebuild, you can't move on, and you can't improve unless you know Jesus Christ. Let me just say this. Jesus Christ can change your life forever. From this moment on. Would you pray with me? Dear God, I I, I just feel like I want to call out to men today. God, I pray that children would obey their parents. But God, as David stood on the shore and Goliath says, where's the man? The men just fled. So my first call is this. If you're here today and you're realizing that, man, your life is a mess and you need help and you need Christ. And you're realizing that, that. Maybe there wasn't a time in your life that you surrendered to Jesus and you're saying, you know what, Jim, from this day forward, I'm going to surrender my life to Christ. And I I want Jesus to take ownership of my life and I want him to reign in my life and I want him to be the Lord and Savior of my life so that I can lead my family so that they can follow hard after Jesus. Maybe you're here today, man, and you're saying, "I, I, I just need Jesus. I'm hopeless. Well, it could change today, so 
I'm going to give you an opportunity right now because I believe that the word of God says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is, is Lord and he was raised from the dead, that we will be saved. He also tells us in his word that we're all sinners, and I am too. He said that sin separates us from God. It separates us from a relationship with him, and we must confess our sins, and we must repent of them and go in an opposite direction. So this call today isn't an easy call. It's not like I come to Jesus, and then tomorrow I just do what I did before I came here. It's saying from this day forward, I'm going to follow hard after Jesus. I'm going to be the man. But it starts with a commitment. So if you're here today and you're realizing I need Christ, I thought I knew Christ, but from this day forward, I'm going to make sure of that. If you need Christ today, I believe we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, and we do that through praying. So would you pray with me and confess with your mouth that you need Jesus and ask him to be the Lord and Savior of your life? Just pray with me in the quietness of your heart as I pray. Say, dear God, I need Christ. I need Jesus. I am a sinner. I need redeemed. I need rescued. I surrender my life to Jesus. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse my heart. Save my soul. And tell him, say, God, from this day forward, I want things to be different. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to repent of my ways. And I will be the man. It's, it's not back to, to what I did before I came here. I'm going to live differently. I want to follow hard after you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Would you do something for me? No one's looking around but me and Bing and Maya. And if, you, if you just surrendered your life to Christ, you said, today is the day, Jim, I took the stand, and I want to follow hard after God, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not going to acquiesce like all the other wimps did with David. I'm going to say I'm a Christ follower today, and, I'm, and I, I surrender my life to Christ. Would you do something? Would you just hold your hand up down here, please? Just, just hold it high. Don't be ashamed. Hold it high. I'm going to ask you, just stand up. No one's looking but me. Stand up. Come on, stand. Just stand up. Don't be ashamed. Just stand up. Stand up. Don't be ashamed. Guys, don't be ashamed. This is your chance to be a man. This is your chance. Father God, I pray for these men that just stood and following hard after you. I pray, God, that their families would be resurrected. I pray, Jesus, that you would give them wisdom that they never had before. I pray, God, that you would rescue them from whatever they're in. I pray for blessing and favor upon their lives. I pray, Jesus, that you would walk in, invade, and they would see the miraculous touch of Christ like they've never seen. I pray, God, for unusual boldness. And, Jesus, I pray that you'll keep the enemy at bay, and they'll walk with you the rest of their lives. I commit them to you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for their courage. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have a seat. I'm going to wrap up this day with this thought. Some of us need some help. We might be saved, but you know what? Maybe you're at a position and a place that you don't like where you're at and there's some inadequacies in, in your life as a father, and you're saying, Pastor Jim, if Christ calls and knocks on my door, I'm going to be the man. I'm going to be the man that steps up. I'm going to be the man that leads. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I will take that call from this day forward, and I will be the father that you want me to be, God. Just simple men making a simple commitment. But listen to me. If that's you. You're saying, I need to do business with God from this day forward. And God, I need your help.
And I'm asking for your help to help me be the leader that you want me to be and the father you want me to be. I want you to get up right now as we sing this song. I want you to come to the shoreline and just stand. And we're going to sing this song. And we're going to wrap up this service. Just come if you want to be that man and take that stand and say, I need your help, God. So come if that's you.